Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 133. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome back to the MCAT podcast. I hope you have been enjoying our breakdown of Next Step Test Prep full length 10. If this is your first time joining us here today, go back all the way to episode 97. Actually, go all the way back to episode one. But if you want to break down all of full length 10, go back to episode 97, where we started this journey and we'll be wrapping up pretty soon. We are switching to Psych Soch. We finished Bio Biochem last week. We're moving on to the last section of the MCAT, Psych Soch. Before we jump into those passages and discretes, we're going to talk about Psychosh and how to prepare for it and how to do well on it. Clara, back for some more next step test prep full length 10. We're down to the last section, psych sosh. And one that I think a lot of students, when they click that next button in the uh the bio biochem and they get to the next section, they I think they feel a little relief. I don't know if that's what you hear from students, but that's what I would assume. Often, yes. I think one of the biggest reasons for that is because almost no students run out of time on the psych social section. So even if it's not like your strongest section uh, or your favorite section, you you sort of know that you're going to have enough time to get through it, at least. Why do students not run out of time? It's funny. So I think it's a combination of factors. So one is just that more questions in the psych social section are discrete or, or pseudo-discrete, that is. So you'll see a lot of shorter questions. Really, virtually no questions will involve math. So the questions are shorter. And then on the other end as well, the passages tend to be more manageable. So they're both shorter generally, and they're much less likely to have figures that you need to analyze. Oh, thank God. And hope <laughs> maybe no like pundit squares and stuff like that. None of that. <laughs> Good. That tripped me up last time. So let's take a little bit of time today, instead of diving right into the first passage or discretes or whatever comes first in PsychSoch, let's talk about some strategies, some thoughts on how a student should approach, number one, studying for PsychSoch, and number two, just test day, how they should approach that section of the test when they get to it. So when a student is 
working on their studying, they're prepping for the MCAT, what is something maybe different that they need to do for psych social that they haven't done before in any of the other sections? Good question. So what I always say for psych social, uh, and to a lesser degree, it can work for the other science sections also, but the thing about psych social is really no matter what resources you use to prep, you're always going to feel like there's this chance that you'll see these random terms in questions that you've never seen before in your studying. And a lot of times that'll really freak students out. Um, that like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I don't know every single thing there is to know. But that just is how the psych sec- section is on the MCAT. So what I recommend everybody do is, in addition to like going through a prep book or whatever you're doing to to study, keep a log of actual terms and concepts you see in questions. Because, you know, maybe midway through your studying or even a little bit earlier, you're going to start doing practice questions, practice passages, uh, full length, and you are going to see some terms, maybe even in like wrong answer choices that you have not seen before. And if you just keep this running log, basically write down the term and the concept, write down anything you learned from it as you sort of went over the question, and then leave a little bit of space underneath. And then over time, if you see that concept come up again, you can add to that blank space in your log. And this tends to work really well in sort of understanding the patterns behind when these weird terms actually come up in questions, as opposed to what a lot of students want to do, which is just like look them up, sort of like Google them, write that down. But that's not that's not going to help as much. With this, it sounds like what you're describing would work perfectly for a student to have a stack of index cards and make flashcards as they see them and then sort them alphabetically and then they can search their stack and see if they've covered that term before, if they haven't, create a new one. Etc. Oh, totally. Yeah. Flashcards work great. If you're not a flashcard person, then even some sort of digital, like um, an, an Excel sheet or a Word document or something, that can also work great because, well, yeah, like once, once you get a long list of these terms, you're going to end up with a pretty big stack of flashcards. So making them easily searchable is, is really beneficial. But at the same time, if you have a stack of flashcards, you're looking through them to see if a uh, a certain term is in there already, it's kind of a nice review of the terms you already have written down. So, so that's a plus on that side. What's hard about psychosoc? <laughs> uh, there are a lot, so a few things, uh, but the biggest issue I see students having is that there are a lot of terms that sound the same or sound really similar to each other. And then along those lines, there are a lot of terms that sound like the perfect description of what the question is talking about, but they're not the actual psychosoc term. So being able to distinguish between things like, oh, you know, even like the classic, like there's discrimination, prejudice, and stereotype. And those three terms in real life, we use them almost interchangeably. Uh, And by the time most MCAT students take their exam, they have those down cold on what the differences between them are. But when you first go into the exam, it's like those three things sound exactly the same. Like how on earth are you supposed to decide which one is right? Yeah. And how are you? (laughs) (laughs) You you have to both go over them really carefully when you're studying. And then also, even there, that's that's a perfect place for, say, a flashcard on each one. So then as you see them come up in questions, maybe you see, okay, like, here was a question. Discrimination was the right answer. And it involved, you know, the actions of an admissions committee or something. And then over time, you're like, okay, like when this action happens, then discrimination tends to be the right answer. Is for me, it sounds like psych soc is one of those sections that you either know coming into the exam or you don't. And when it comes to the questions, you're either going to know it 
or you're not because it seems like a lot of what you're supposed to know is very strict definitions of things and you can't infer that from a passage you can't extract that from anywhere so is that thinking correct when i when i say that it mostly is so definitely psych social more than any other section has that quality of oh if you come into it with a lot of psych social knowledge already you have a big advantage uh if you come into it and you don't have the knowledge there are going to be some questions where you just can't reason through them because the passage isn't really going to be helpful so that's totally true uh the one thing that complicates it a little bit and some people love this and some people don't is that the psych social section also has a lot of questions about like research design so those are the ones that end up being more passage based if you know you get to the point where you're taking practice exams you'll see some questions on oh you know what flaw uh, might have existed in a research design or what the independent versus dependent variables are in a certain design and there it can get a little bit more passage based and it can get to the point where just knowing the definitions of these terms isn't quite enough. You have to actually be able to apply it to a real life experiment setting. Is it psychosoc that has some like random biology and anatomy kind of stuff in there as well? A little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like five percent of the psychosoc section is bio. And so that can be like, you know, questions about the the bones of the ear, for example, or questions about the eye. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but <laughs> we'll go with that. The MCATs is the MCATs and they can do what they want. What do you think is the biggest mistake that students make when either preparing for psychosocial or on test day? Well, I think there's there are mistakes that students make in, in both of those. And in terms of preparing, I think something a lot of students do is they just overlook it. So it's, it seems sort of trite and like, obviously, like you're not going to do this, but you'd be surprised how often students just sort of leave psych until later, or especially I've had a lot of students um, who work full time or who are students full time and who are really busy and have to prioritize which subjects they're going to focus on. And very, very often they'll end up focusing really heavily on like biochem and uh, gen chem physics, that sort of thing. And leaving psych because they think, oh, I can just memorize, I can cram it in later. And that doesn't tend to work because this whole idea of learning, you know, what prejudice and discrimination mean, and then over a sort of elongated period of time, seeing them come up in questions, that just can't be crammed. Um, Yeah. That's, and and that's so hard because there's so many things. And I, I've seen like 300 page documents out there that are like everything you need to know for psych. So she's like, yeah, you can't cram 300 pages. Cannot. And and that always complicates things, too, because I, I have seen similar 300-page documents, and they are very helpful, but they don't necessarily highlight, okay, what's what's much more likely to be tested than what isn't? You know, what how in what passage context does conflict theory, for example, tend to come up? So you need to couple that with MCAT-style practice. What else do students need to know about psych Well... Just to k- keeping in mind that it is the last section of the exam is a really big one, uh, which again sounds kind of obvious, but a lot of times when students study psych they are studying it when they're fresh. You know, you wake up in the morning and you do a little bit of a review of your flashcards, something like that. Mm. Uh, but in reality, on the actual exam, you're going to see psych when you are exhausted. And there's this weird psychological phenomenon that sort of occurs during the psych section where because almost everyone finishes with plenty of time left, a lot of times students will just end the exam when they're done, 
with maybe like 10 minutes left or 20 minutes left because that sheer exhaustion just causes you to like be desperate to get it over with. <laughs> I've been there, done that. Yep. <laughs> oh, me too. And, and honestly, I, I have to confess the last time I took the MCAT, I did actually end my psych social section with some time left, but ideally just, you know, basically use that time as you can, right? Like, you know, review even like one or two passages in a lot of depth, like don't succumb to that urge to end it. Would you recommend it's it's interesting the the fact that students are taking this and it is the last section it's always the last section that never changes you're going to be tired I wonder if there's any benefit to studying it, trying to actually practice studying in that environment too where it's like the end of the day versus beginning of the day to kind of put yourself in that mood of of building up those synapses when you're exhausted Totally I I recommend that to my students all the time uh the idea of studying psych at the end of the day, like right before you go to bed. Uh, and honestly, you can even carry it over to other sections. Like if you want to get really intense, even with something like cars, you can do that where it's like, okay, you know, don't do cars first thing in the morning when you have a ton of energy. Uh, maybe you could do that early in your prep, but do some of that practice when you are already really tired. So it's not going to be foreign to you. The idea of, you know, working through this stuff when you're exhausted and your head's not all there. Who does the best on PsychSoc? Do you have any sort of idea or data on that? Uh, no, you know, we don't have we don't have a lot of like official exam data on like student demographics. Um, like, oh, you know, people who studied for X amount of time tend to do better. People who already came in taking PsychSoc classes tend to do better. Anecdotally, I will say of the students I've had who have done like the absolute best on PsychSoc, most of them did come in with some sort of psych or sociology background, but not all of them. So I'm thinking of a couple students right now who got almost perfect scores and two, I think of the three of them, two of them came in as like psych majors, but one of them came in not with any psych background at all and just sort of self-taught. So you can do really well either way, but if you are someone who's like a little bit earlier in undergrad, taking a psych class or taking a sociology class, that, that's going to help. All right, there you have it, how to prepare for PsychSoc, that section of the MCAT, so you can hopefully maximize your score and hopefully make up for a bad chem phys or bio biochem section or even car section. Hopefully this section, you can maximize your points as much as possible. If you're looking at full-length exams, if you need more prep, one of the biggest mistakes that there's not doing enough prep and questions and full-length exams, go check out Next Step Test Prep dot com and use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, one word, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save 10% off of the purchase of those full lengths. Again, that's nextsteptestprep.com. Hope you have a great week. We're going to jump in next week with our first passage of Psych Soch. Psych Soch.